Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camadoe here with episode 16 of the Tudor Podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be following on from episode 15, where we talked about your big fat why, by looking this week at values and how to elicit your values to know what they are. Because values are the deepest essence of what makes us go. Now, you might be like me and think, values, that's a bunch of very fairy new age crap, like I used to. But stay with me on this. Because values work, and they really work big time. I've used them, and I've gone from being a sceptic to a raving fan because I've seen for myself just how powerfully values work and how transformative it's been for me to put them to work in business and my life. So stay with me. Let's have a look at values. Now, I guess it's pretty obvious to most of us that knowing why we do something can be a powerful force for motivation to get us to work hard and to strive and to keep going when times are tough. But often we'll have multiple values operating at the same time in different arenas of our lives. The personal, the business, the relationships, health, they will all have slightly different value systems and it will skew how you behave and the hierarchy of values, which ones you put at the top, which ones you put lower down, which ones go right at the bottom. They're always vying for precedence with each other. So it's going to be very useful to identify the ones that consistently bubble up to the top so that we can resolve the internal conflicts within us. Now, when we know that, when we know our most important values, we can use that to identify causes of contact with, say, members of staff, members of the family, your partner. And it takes a little bit of digging down to to find out what they actually are because they're often hidden from us. And of course, as the old phrase goes, you can't step in the same river twice. We are never the same from one day to the next. We're always evolving over time. And so is the structure of our values and the hierarchy of the values, the position each one occupies within that stack. So how do you know what your values actually are? Well, I'll walk you through a process. A lot of this is based on Dr. John Demartini's work on values. It won't take very long and... Just run through the quiz. Most of the answers will only need to be a word or two. So grab yourself a pen and paper and let's go. Okie dokes. So look around and think of your personal spaces. We'll look for the three most prominent things that occupy space in your life. Now, personal space, I'm talking about your home, your car even the places where you are when you're not working. You'll notice that certain things predominate and essentially dominate the whole of that environment. In my own home, it's books and guitars. Rather more guitars and music equipment than almost anything else in the whole place. There's a large space also occupied by my son. He's everywhere. In my professional space, which kind of overlaps the two things, 
it's guitars and books and my son that's the whole thing everything's clean and tidy so that probably points me to a few things that the music's important passing on knowledge and understanding is important and the tidiness and the cleanliness of it all tells me that that's very important for me to present myself professionally so have a look at how things go for you and write down the three most dominant occupiers of space in your life okay let's move on to the next thing i want you to examine how you spend your time where do you spend most of your time now for me this is either working or learning or with my son so again this is completely congruent with my own known values from home but what about you your waking hours where do you spend your time what do you spend your time doing write those three things down the three biggest consumers of your time and your life okay once we've got that move on to the next thing what are the three things or activities you do that absorb your energy what fascinates you and what makes you the most energized you'll always fit in more of the energy producing stuff than the, th the activities that suck energy out of you. So look for the three most energizing and energetic things that you do. Again, for me, this is teaching, it's running, cycling, and believe it or not, physically working in my property business, which I've built on the back of my income from being a teacher. That's maybe the subject for another podcast, but it's a tangential thing. I like the physical hands-on graft of building. So write your stuff down. Your three most energetic and energizing activities. Okay, next on the list, I've got what three things do you spend your money on? Now, right away. I want you to take away just the the core basic stuff, the, the living expenses, if you like. But look at the discretionary income. Where do you spend your money? For myself, I spend an absolute fortune on education and personal development. Because that's right at the top of my values. I always want to be learning stuff. One of my big reasons for doing this, incidentally, is that it cuts down the amount of time that I'll spend investigating and doing research. I can simply find reliable researchers with great material and analyze their research. They've done the hard work for me. So I might spend three, four thousand pounds on a course or a, a, a program of some sort. But that's going to save me thousands of hours of work. So what do you spend your money on? Write that stuff down. Next then, what are your three most orderly and organized spaces? Look around professional space, personal space. Look at where you're tidiest. Now, this is really easy for me. My teaching room, my guitar room and my studio are all perfectly ordered. My home office, my study, that's perfectly ordered. 
the rest of the house is a lot messier. So that tells me that my focus, my attention and my energy is going in the places where my values are most prevalent. Guess what? That's my teaching space and my office space. Having that kind of order in those spaces is a reflection of the value I place on those spaces and the activities that occur in them. Okay, next. In which three areas of your life are you the most reliable and dependable? And again, if you value the activity or you value the people you're with, you'll pay close attention to it and you'll show up on time. You'll attend to it and you'll care how stuff gets done. So for me, most reliable, most dependable, I'm a dad. If I fall down on that one, everything else I do will probably leave me disappointed and feeling like a failure. When I say I'm going to be there for Alex, I'm there for him. I'm there as a supportive dad and as a supportive partner for my ex-wife. I'm also extremely reliable and dependable as a teacher and as a coach and even as a landlord in the other businesses. I value those activities. I take great care to keep my promises. But what about you? Write your stuff down, the three areas of your life that you are the most reliable and dependable in. Okay, once you've done that, pause for a moment and examine what you think about when you catch yourself thinking. What three things, activities, or areas of your life tend to fill your thoughts? Your thought energy is reflecting your fascination with those things, with those activities that you love the most. So write them down for yourselves. That ties in closely to our next point, which is what do you daydream about most? What do you have visions about most? You visualize the future and the desired outcomes of the things that you care most about. It's a natural consequence of paying attention and having a fascination with a subject or with an activity. And guess what? The next thing is think about what you talk about when you're talking to yourself, whether it's out loud or in your own head. Now, when we're talking to ourselves, more often than not, we're rehearsing a situation or a scenario, or we're arguing points in an internal discussion, trying to resolve a problem. We're exploring ideas. And at the same time we're talking and having that dialogue with ourselves, we're motivating ourselves to pay more attention to it. So what do you think about? What do you talk about? Now, what do you talk about comes up again. This is when you're out and about with your friends and your family, the people closest to you. What are the three things that you talk about most? When you're talking about things, you tend to be sharing your enthusiasm about a subject, sharing your dreams about a subject, your vision for the future. You're maybe attempting on a deep level to set someone on fire with enthusiasm for your enthused about activity. Essentially, you're trying to influence them to buy into your dream and your vision 
and influence them for the better. So write down the three things that you talk about most when you're out with your friends and your family. Okay, next then, what inspires you? What qualities, what people and what heroes do you identify with and get inspired by? It might be a quality like courage, honesty, dignity, self-control, ambition, drive, energy, fearlessness. They're all qualities that are admirable, but what works for you? It might be compassion, gentleness, all sorts of things for all sorts of different people, but only you will know what works for you. Now, your heroes, the people you admire, they will be strong indicators that they have similar values to the ones you espouse and the ones that you're enthusiastic about, the ones you hold highest in your values hierarchy. It was very interesting to me a while ago that I was in a group and we were asked collectively, who's the person you would most like to meet? And in a heartbeat, I just said Nelson Mandela when it came round to be my turn. But before that, everyone was talking about sports personalities, soap opera stars, TV people, and yada da 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 Nelson Mandela. And just bang. What that told me that was, was that my value system was radically different to the rest of the people who previously answered that. No one was thinking about high ideals. They were just talking about pop culture, where I would say that my desire to meet Nelson Mandela was because I wanted to find out what made him tick rather than just be around someone who was on the telly. But what about you? It might be Richard Branson, Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins. Inspirational figures, it might be someone who's only known to you really, who isn't a public figure. But they'll be your hero. Write those people down. Next then, what are your three most persistent and consistent long-term goals? What's stuck around for you year after year? What's endured the challenges of time and difficulty, adversity? So what works for you? Your three most persistent and consistent goals. Just three. Okay, next then. What are the three main things you've learned about, are learning about, or plan to learn about, either now, yesterday, or tomorrow? The things that you most like to learn about. For me, it's how people work, how the mind works, and music. They're my two biggies. Okay, so by now you should have a boatload of answers. And I want you to collect them up. And we're going to tag them into broad categories. It can be very useful to use a simple color coding system to sort them out. So for instance, anything business related, maybe do it red. Green for family, blue for personal development, yellow for learning, whatever. You get the idea. Come up with your own system. I don't have to tell you guys how to do this. And now look at what color dominates. That will tell you what your most potent and highest value is. What's the 
top one in your hierarchy. It's where you're spending most of the time of your life. It's where your money goes. It's where your attention goes. It's what you talk about. It's what you think about. It's what you dream about. It's what you learn about. It's what fascinates you day in, day out. It's what drives you and makes you go. That's your one big, big thing. And then the next most dominant color will be the next layer of your values hierarchy. And what you'll find probably is that they'll fit into just a handful of categories. For myself, it's learn and teach. It's all about knowledge. It's all about accelerating progress, both for myself and for other people. The next thing after that for me is family and friends. The people I care about most. After that, for me, it's business. It's making money. It's my favorite game. I don't really think about being in business. I think about having a business game. And I like to go out and play. This cuts across to my money mindset, which we did a few episodes ago. Of, I know that money is an illusion. So if I lose money, I'm only going to sacrifice an illusion. And I can always invent some more and imagine some more money into existence. Home is very important to me. It's my safe place. It's my sanctuary. It's where my friends and family can be cared for. And the last thing on my list is legacy. It's leaving a mark in the dust, whether it's in people's lives or leaving behind books, products, training, songs, and leaving my son a better-placed young man as a consequence of having been my son rather than someone else's. So once we've got those things identified, you can start to craft a value statement to draw the threads together. So for my value set, um, I might have written something like this. I maintain my highest value as being learning and teaching. It's all about the people I care most. I want to have a happier and more rewarding life through education. The same is true in my business as I help people achieve higher levels of performance and understanding of themselves and of the subject matter. Serving these highest values allows me to maintain a beautiful, safe home and a haven for my family and friends whilst building a legacy for them and for the greater good of humanity. Now, ask yourself how hard that would drive you. How inspired you'd feel day in, day out, knowing that you serve those highest values, the ones you identify for yourself. Right, and now here's the big thing. Once you know your own values, you can help other people, particularly those in your team or in your family, to identify their values. And once you've done this, it's pretty easy to identify areas of conflict and discords where value sets don't align with each other or where you're radically mismatched. You can look for areas where some overlap can be achieved and work outwards from there. I can personally vouch for this because I've seen it work a miracle. The situation with my teenage son and his mom, my ex-wife, deteriorated to the point where they were yelling and screaming at each other. He was storming out and going AWOL. And my ex-wife said, we have a big problem, we need to talk about this. Apparently they'd been fighting with each other for months. And the situation had got to breaking point. 
I drove over and sat them both down together and asked a bunch of questions. We drilled down, all three of us, to find out what the highest values were within the family. And as we picked away and dug away at what was keeping everything hostile, it turned out that our values weren't too far out of line. Both Sylvia and Alex wanted pretty much the same things, and so did I. The problem had been that the lower values were being given priority instead. Now, I don't want to go into detail because it's deeply personal. But eventually we drew up a value statement for their house and for their interactions. And all three of us signed it. Since then, both my ex-wife and my son tell me they're getting along much better and they've stopped fighting with each other. So guys, take it from me. Values work. The whole thing works. And it's the foundation of their peaceful and noticeably happier home. They get on better. They're nicer to each other. They're nicer to me, which has got to be a good thing. So please, do set aside the time. Do the exercise and unearth your values. You might just surprise yourself. I know I was surprised. I promise you it's worth the short-time investment and the payoffs can be huge for both your business and your personal life. So I dare you, get on. Answer the questions, if you haven't already done so, look at the colours, and check yourself through. Values underpin everything you do. If what you do is completely in line with your values and the values of the people around yourself, you'll have more energy, more congruence, more confidence, more courage to just get on and do the thing that terrifies you. Okay, so that's my 10 cents worth for today. Let me know what caught your ears. And let me know how you get on, because I'd love to hear from you. In the next episode, I'll be talking about the 15 commandments. These are the guiding principles that I've evolved over the last two decades, which have kept me sane and kept me happy through both good times and bad. And believe me, I wish I'd known a lot of this stuff right at the very start. So join me next episode if you want to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Join me, Neil Camerdo, for the next episode of the Tutor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.